And uh, as we read this, I'm going to share a couple of things with you because many of you are visiting with us today, and I just want to give you just a little brief background about uh, uh, myself as a man and where I came from to where you'll understand that this is not the only thing I've done in my life, okay? And if, if you think it is, then two ladies back there would be sure and tell you that that's different. They know better. First Kings chapter 2, verse 1, as David's time drew near, that means that he's about to die. His life is coming to an end. As David's time drew near, he charged Solomon, his son, saying, I am going the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. Keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies according to what is written in the law of Moses, so that you may succeed in all that you do and wherever you turn, so that the Lord may carry out his promise which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons were careful of the way to walk before me in truth with all of their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Father, bless your word today. I pray, Lord, you would open the eyes of the hearts of your people. I pray, Lord, that you would allow the Holy Spirit power, freedom to work and to move among us. And we'll give you praise for all you do to be one here without Christ. Might you speak to their heart about the need of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, just a thumbnail sketch of my background. I grew up in West Texas. Uh, I'm an adopted kid. Uh, my uh, real dad abandoned me when I was about a month old. We mar and married my mom about a year or a year and a half later and uh, adopted me, gave me his name. And I grew up in the oil patch of West Texas, uh, from Sweetwater to Roscoe to uh, Level Land uh, to Seminole two times, to La Mesa, to Haskell, Rankin, Breckenridge, you name it, I lived there, because that's where the rigs were running. And in that, I would go to the drilling rig with my dad, and I would see men as they were, and not being critical whatsoever, but I saw them, and I grew up thinking, this is a man. This is a man who, like my dad, 6'2", about 240, 250, and uh, stout as he could be, working on a pig iron all his life, and he chewed white tag Tinsley's, and I tell people all the time, he could spit a string from here to that back wall and hit it, just about. And I grew up thinking that language that you used in the oil field, those kinds of things, was what a man was. I'm not being critical of my dad. In his life, he came to the point where he really submitted his life to the Lord, and I saw his life change tremendously in that time, especially after I served the ministry when I was 27 years old. So I grew up in that fashion. But in the meantime, I've grown up to understand the men who have been persuasive to me are men in Scripture, men like Jeremiah, men like Isaiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Paul, Peter, Jesus himself. Also, men of old, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, uh, Wesley, uh, Whitfield, the men who gave their lives really for this. And two of those men I'm going to speak to you about just for a moment as I introduce the message. And what really is, is important to me is that you hear this because it's so important. And the title of the message is David's Charge. He's saying to Solomon, his son, play the man. You be a man. Doesn't make any difference what anybody else does. You be a man. And on October the 16th in 1555, during the reign of Bloody Mary, Hugh Latimer, a preacher of great renown and a professor, stepped out of, or, or a 
prophet and his friend Ridley stepped out of the Bacardi prison on a cold, crisp fall morning headed for the stake to be burned for their faith. Ridley was the professor. He was the intellect. Uh, Latimer was the prophet. He was the hard guy. But they grew up together, learned together, went to prison together for their faith. And on that morning, as they moved to the stake for standing firm on the truth of God's word, that's why they were burned by their faith. Bloody Mary is the queen at this particular time. And Ridley's brother had a brought some gunpowder to them to put around their necks, little bags of gunpowder, so it would end their pain so quickly when the flame came up and they were being burned, that gunpowder would explode and take them. Well, the, 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 the flame around Ridley was not going very well because the, water green, the wood was green. So one guy went over and moved it and moved some other in around it so the flames would catch. And in that time, Ridley said this as he's uh, tied to the stake and was about to be burned. He said this, Under thy hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Have mercy on me, for I cannot burn. He's saying that the, it's not burning my upper body. It's just burning me and causing great pain. A bystander stirred up the fire so Ridley could be engulfed in the flames. As the flames rose quickly around Latimer, he turned to his good friend Ridley, and he said, Ridley, two words were used, interchanged, where which one is really which is I don't know or which one he used. But one of them is, he says, Ridley, be of good cheer. The other one, he says, be of good comfort. And he says this, for this day, for this day, I trust, you play the man, for I trust today we shall light such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust shall never be put out. Something interesting happened three years later when Bloody Mary died, the, king, the queen, and she passed the throne on to her sister, half-sister, who was a Protestant, who was a Christian, not a, a Catholic. And so when she came in, she just freed these people that had been in bondage, and the, the little flame, the candle that, that Latimer spoke of became a torch. And revival broke out all through England because of the freedom that these men had. So I want you to see that standing for the gospel and standing in the truth is not always positive. What we see in the text today as we look at it, we see King David calling the king. One king calling another. Solomon is his son. Now we have to understand something. Paint this picture in your mind. Understand that neither David nor Solomon have done everything right. If you know anything about scripture, you know that. You know they didn't. David had his moment with Bathsheba. Solomon had his concubines and, and wives all across the board. We know all of that. All of that took place. But here they are, men of grace, men who have come under the hand of God. So I give you these items this morning that he says. The first thing I want you to see is David's time. David's time. David's time to die drew near. Literally, what it means is his full life is complete. He's lived to full. And the understanding is that what we have to understand is that the Lord has a time for all of us. It's marked in Scripture. All through Scripture, it's marked for the times that our life is going to end. David delivered. In other words, he's saying in the world's end when he says this, as time drew near, he charged Solomon that his son saying, I'm going the way of all the earth. The earth is going to disappear one day. 
This earth will not be here one day according to Scripture. If you go to 1 Peter, you'll find that. It's very clear that he talks about the end of time when the world will be engulfed in fire and it will be destroyed as God destroyed it in the flood back in the days of Noah. So it's David's time. He comes as he does for all to the day of death. Now, Hebrews 9.27, the scripture says it's pointed to the man wants to die and then the judgment. Wants to die and then the judgment. Every, all of us have something in common here this morning, okay? First thing we have in common, we're all born at an early age. Would you agree with that? We're all born at an early age. Second thing, we're all going to die. We're all going to come to this place of David where his days are going to end. When may that be? I do not know. I'm, I'm six years past what God promised me, which he said 70, and I'm at 76. So I have six years past. I don't know when my day will come. It might be this afternoon. This might be the last sermon I ever preach. It might be next week. It might be after my granddaughter's baptism next week. I do not know. I only know this. My life will end physically on this earth. I will die unless the rapture comes and the Lord takes us all out to be with him who know him. I'm for that. My wife says, I'm looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker. <laughs> How do you get to heaven? Good works? Good person? Good dad? How do you get to heaven? You get to heaven one way. And Jesus said it. John 14, 6. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. David understood that, though the cross was future, he understood the promises of the prophets as it came through. Uh, David's charge, verse 2, look at David's charge. He says in verse 2, I'm going all the way of the earth. Be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. Be strong. This is a word translation of Hebrew, to be mighty, to be mighty, to be a mighty man. What does that mean, to be mighty? means to be strong and steadfast and where I get the strength and it's not a cop out it's not my it's not my crutch for life it's my life is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ who lives in me by the enabling power of the Holy Spirit it's so important that you understand that look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 if you would please Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 scripture says this finally Paul writes be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Show yourself a man. That's what David's saying. He's saying become a man. Psalm 91 and verse 1 and 2. Psalm 91 and verse 1 and 2. The scripture says this. David writing, he, who's, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, God himself, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress and my God in whom I trust. Who are you trusting today? You trusting the system? You trusting the government? You trusting yourself? Or are you trusting God Almighty? The God that created. By the way, just for the record, how many of you, don't, don't raise your hand or anything, just ask it in your heart. How many of you believe that there was a man named Napoleon Bonaparte? Ever seen him? But you believe he's there, right? You believe he existed, right? He was in history. You believe that's telling? That he existed? Never seen him, but you believe. 
work so hard about believing in Jesus, do you understand? By faith, by faith, we believe, right? By faith, it's simple faith. I acknowledge history that says Napoleon Bonaparte lived, but I acknowledge the scripture and the history of scripture that Jesus lived. Came into this work and died for you and for me, according to the psalmist. Third, the third thing I want you to see is God's desire. He says, I'm going the way of all the earth, be strong. In other words, continue to grow. He said, become a man, literally grow strong in the Lord. Keep the charge. Guard what I've given you. Guard what I've given you in life, Solomon. Guard that. It's a command. Keep the charge. God's desire is for us to do that. I'm going the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and show, literally, become yourself. Be a man. Keep the charge of the Lord. Verse 3, the Lord your God. What's he saying there? Walk in his ways. Walk in his ways. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 says this. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of God. We walk in the Lord, we will be. See, there is a Savior. There is God, the Father. There is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to your heart and speaks to you. And, and, and you may be here today and you've never heard the gospel before. You may be here today and you've never heard the truth of God's word. Not anything that, that anyone's trying to force on anybody. It's a simple fact. This is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except by me. It's a simple thing. But yet, it's a tragic thing when people won't give God the consideration of what his son did on the cross that can change their life forever. And it can, without question. Walk in his ways. Avoid work. What do you mean by walk in the ways? Walk in the ways of God. You avoid worldliness. You avoid the culture. How many of you would agree today that we're in trouble culturally in America? We're in trouble. It, it, you know, I, I concern myself. I got, I got three little guys in Waco. Another set of twins that are four years old, five years old, and their sister is seven. And I concern myself with them. What are they facing in school? What are they facing in the classroom? Man, when I grew up in Seminole, Texas, it was a simple life. I rode my bicycle from downtown, and when I lived in Sweetwater, I'd ride my bike two miles down to the theater downtown, park my bike, didn't lock it up or anything, wasn't concerned about anybody stealing it, wasn't getting concerned about getting mugged on the way down there, wasn't even concerned about anybody stealing my dandy's milk carton that I got into the movie free with. I wasn't concerned about anything. We didn't live in that age. But we live there today. And what, what's the strength of our life today? It's standing in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's standing firm on what he's given us. And the faith, fact that he is walk, wants to walk with you as you walk with him by faith. He wants to protect you. He wants to guard you and watch over you. Things happen in life. But we need to be as guarded as we can. The way we guard ourselves is through the walk, walking in his ways. And we keep his statutes. In other words, the word statutes doesn't mean something presented. Something given to us. Something prescribed. Consider all of his words, what David said. Consider what God has said and observe it. Do what he says do. Husbands, what? Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Children, obey. I grew up in this kind of world. 
I'd hit the back door. We had screen doors. I've said this before. We would hit the screen door, and I'd let that screen door fly and close. My dad would say, boy, or call me by two names. Eddie James, get back here and close that door, right? <laughs> I'd come back and close it once. I had a lady tell me here the other day that her daddy made her do it close it ten times. She'd open and close it, open and close it, open and close it, until she got it done right. What he's trying to do is trying to teach me obedience. He's trying to teach me the respect of authority. And that's what God's trying to do today in our life through the word of God is teach us the truth about God and who he is. It's what David's saying to Solomon. Did David love Solomon? Certainly he did. He was his son. He was going to become king. And he's trying to set him up to get him ready for that. Keep his statutes. Consider all of his words and observe them. Look what he says. Keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways. The ways there literally means manner. The word way in the New Testament always translates one, 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 one purpose, manner of life, manner of life. Your walk is your manner of life. Your walk, you come into church, you walk, you go back in the car, you walk, you go to the grocery store, you walk. How is the manner of life? What David is saying to Solomon, I charge you to maintain the manner of life that you know, the manner of life that I've given you, I've showed you. David had repented of his action and was living the best he knew how unto the Lord at that time. Keep his commandments as he commands. Keep his commandments as he commands. His ordinances and his testimonies. The word succeed here. Look what he says. Keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies according to what is written in the law of Moses that you may succeed in all that you do. And the word there can translate Prosper. Literally, it can translate to be wise. One of the greatest things I need in the world today as I live my life as a dad, as a husband, as a granddad, is to be, have wisdom. Have wisdom. James 1.5 says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him do what? Ask of God. Ask of God. And the old King James Version says, he'll give it to you liberally. I avoid that word as much as possible. I'm a conservative, and uh, I'm a conservative biblically, I'm a conservative theologically, I'm a conservative politically, and unashamedly say so. Keep his commandments, do as he commands, keep his ordinances and testimonies that you might succeed. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Living by the word, living to glorify him, pleases him. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, I quoted last Wednesday evening. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, what should you do? You should do it all to the glory of God. That's what God wants. He wants to live our life for him. But to live our life for him, we first and foremost must come to him by the cross. We come to the cross believing that Jesus died on the cross, bore my sin, your sin, in his body, took on the sin. Remember the thief on the cross? He said, Lord, remember me this day in paradise. And he said, surely you will be with me this day. And he went to heaven. Just like that. Heaven is a place. Heaven is a reality. The other end of that perspective is hell is a reality. You don't just float around somewhere. You enter into either heaven or to hell when you die. Scripture speaks of it over 300 times. So it's a reality. But there's reality of a living hope. And that living hope is Christ on the cross. And Paul said it this way in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. He said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is the hope. 
fear not. I will be with you always, says the Lord, even to what? To the end of the age, I will be with you if you know him as Lord and Savior. Well, let's finish this right quick. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, I'll share my final point. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the very beginning of the book, the scripture says this. In verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The word fools there really can translate silly. Silly. It's silliness not to believe is what Solomon's saying in the book of Proverbs. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The word instruction literally can mean chastisement. It can mean reproof or restraint. So we see that in the final analysis, analysis fear is the beginning of wisdom. Fear. Fear of what? You fear God. Fear God means you're crouching down, you're afraid of God. No, it doesn't mean that. It means you reverence Him. You honor Him. You give glory to Him because of what He's done for you. The word literally means, the concept is fear means to reverence, it means to honor, and it means to praise. How many of you remember uh, Mel Gibson's movie Braveheart? Did you see that? It's a great movie. Great movie. And in that movie, Mel Gibson makes this statement. He says this, in that Scottish brogue, all men die, few men live. The greatest life that can be lived is the life that's lived for the Lord Jesus Christ. I can take you back to 1973 when I got involved in a Bible class in Corpus Christi, Texas, and Lord forever changed my life through that. Since then, I've sought to allow the Word to guide my life, guide my direction, constantly learning, constantly growing, constantly making mistakes along the journey, constantly saying something I wish I hadn't said. But Paul said the same thing in Romans chapter 7, the things I do I wish I didn't do, and the things that I don't do I wish I did do. So we battle the flesh, we battle that, but Mel Gibson's comment all men die, few men live. I want to live life to its fullest. John 10.10 in 10 verse 10. John 10.10 10 says this. You want to live the abundant life? You want to live the fulfilled life? You want to live in, in victory? You live the abundant life which he's given to you according to John chapter 10 and verse 10. I've given you life and I've given it to you abundantly. He wants you to live in joy. Where do you think robs joy? What do you think steals joy from your life? Four things. People, things, circumstances, and worry. And I'm going to add a fifth one today. This is brand new. I've said these all my ministry life just about. The fifth one, you're not ready for this one, but I'll share it with you anyway. It's complaining. To use another word, it's whining. Robs your joy. Not only that, it robs the joy of other people. Circumstances. Worry. Are you a worrier? You worried about tomorrow? Doesn't matter if you worry about tomorrow. 
can I give you some really good news or bad news? Tomorrow's going to be what tomorrow's going to be no matter what you do with it. Worry. Paul said in Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication make your request known to the Lord, and he will guard your heart with a peace that surpasses all comprehension. So, just don't let those things rob us of that joy. God wants you to walk in joy. And I, 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 my wife shared this with me years ago. That, I, don't know where, I think it was Chuck Swindoll that said it. I'm not sure. He said, what is joy? It's Jesus, it's others, and it's you. Jesus first in your life. Others in your life. And then you. You're secondary. It's not about me. It's not about we. It's not about I. David said, Solomon, you be the man. You be the man that God wants you to be and walk in a manner worthy of calling. That's what this is all about. <clears throat> the enemy, Satan, says to us, indulge your passions. Do what you want to. Doesn't matter. Everything's going to end in the same place. That's what he said. The great preacher George Whitfield once was being accused and had been accused and taunted as he always was. He was stoned once almost to death because of his preaching. One time there were some people that were uh, coming after him as, as, they, as they were attacking him literally uh, in his ministry. He said, George, play the man. He stole David's words to Solomon. He said, George, play the man. You be the man, regardless of what transpires. You be the man God's called you to be. People have always, listen to me carefully when I say this, people have always hated the gospel. If you don't think so, you look at the, the New Testament, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they hated the gospel. They hated what Christ stood for. Not only have people always hated the gospel, they've always hated the preaching of the it's always been that way. So I, it's a love-hate relationship, if you understand what I'm saying. It really is. So I encourage you today. Dads, granddads, friends of mine, be the man. Be the man. Be the man of this family. That doesn't mean that you're rude and boisterous and unkind in your ways. It means that the buck stops here in my house. What do I mean by that? Because I want to relieve my wife of the pressure of having to make certain decisions. We communicate, we talk. Certain things, though, it's my responsibility, according to Scripture, to make that decision. Be the man. It's not always easy be the man. It's not always easy to be obedient to God's truth. But I will tell you this. It's always possible. Always possible to be what God would have you to do. There is a God in heaven. There's a God right here in our presence by the Holy Spirit. There's Christ the Son. He's seated at the right hand of God and one day he's coming again to receive those who know him himself. I trust today above anything that you know, that you know, that you know that your life is secure in the person of Jesus Christ. If not, we're about to give you an opportunity. We're going to have an invitation. Kelly's going to come and lead us in the stands of music.
you want to come, you come. If you want to speak to me out in the hallway, you do that. But above all, the Lord's planted seed this morning. I trust it will bring forth good fruit. Pray together. Father, thank you for each one here today. I pray, Lord, that the word of God, your truth is falling on good soil. Bring forth good fruit for your glory. Father, be one here without Christ today. Would you speak to their heart? May you, would you give them the, the strength? Would you give them the desire, the want to, to make that commitment unto you? I pray for the dads. I pray for granddads. I pray for all men in the room. God, we would be men of God, men that honor you and give glory to you. Lead our families in the right way. Be an encourager to them and be a strength in their presence. Lord, that you would use us for that. Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for being the heavenly father who loves his children. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. As we stand, as we sing, Kelly will lead us in one verse. If you need to come, you come.